My name is Dimitri, and I'm a productivity and minimalism enthusiast. I'm Chance. I'm a philosophy and ethics enthusiast. And you're listening to the Rise Productive Podcast. The show where productivity meets philosophy. And what it means to build a better life. Enjoy the show. Yo, what is good? What is going on, people? Welcome back to the Rise Productive Podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about the fact that, you know, maybe everyone shouldn't have a side hustle, uh, why this isn't a, a hobby for us, why it's a side hustle, and how absolutely dank our new intro is and the podcast is going to be moving forward. The intro is heat. I'm also excited to, uh, for everyone to hear the Productive Brew intro when we start bringing you guys a little short form podcast material. Be sure to check that out as those will be rolling out here soon. That's actually coming out um, before this one. Oh, my bad. Go check it out now. <laughs> so, uh, nice segue into the new schedule. So, Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm not sure if you'll do one this first week. It's not. It's okay if you don't because uh, you got a lot of good stuff going on. Um, but Tuesday, Thursday, we are going to start doing short-form podcasts. Uh, we were inspired by a couple things. I think... For me, I really like doing my weekly newsletter and I think it's a nice piece of like short form self-helpy content. Uh, Chance wanted to like join the squad regarding like making content and blogging. So it only made sense for us to be like, hey, let's do a short form version of the podcast where you and I alternate during the week when it's like a little bit more hectic for people. And... Uh, I guess something to note as well. So this is something different for you. You probably hadn't heard this. We're going to change like when we post them to, so Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Saturday is going to be the new uh, podcast show or not the new podcast show. It's the same kind of show we do. We're going to try to start bringing guests on, uh, try to do consistent book reviews every month. And then also one other thing to mention is for those of you that do listen to us uh, consistently, I'm changing when we're going to upload them to have them automatically go up at 4 a.m. Central. So like 5 a.m. Eastern, because I realized for a lot of people who are like me, who are into this type of content, the podcast, we put it up at 10. So like no podcast that's actually doing it right from what I've noticed is posting it like past when people are waking up. They post it like when the early risers get up because that would make sense based on the demographic. And I feel a little stupid for not doing that beforehand. I mean, it makes perfect sense. We're advocating for people to get up early. We're making this content, try to better people's lives. And yet we're not reaching the audience at the time that we tell them, listen to the podcast. So, uh, irony, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's, it's going to be good, especially for, I think Tuesdays, I don't know about you, but I love doing this with you, but something Something's exciting about like that Tuesday, Thursday thing. Cause I really like listening to the daily stoic in the morning. It's like one of my favorite things. I absolutely things. agree. Yeah. That, that is, um, one of my, I don't know if it's a resolution per se. I don't want to get into that that strongly, but I have been listening to, um, the daily stoic over this winter break and trying to get into the short form stuff every morning. Is this a quick journaling session, quick meditation for the day? It also is just something nice to think about when I run, especially when I run alone. And um, yeah, I'm excited for some some short form content. I'm sure people will appreciate a little pickup, just a little insight. And I think um, the podcast has always been where our brains have converged. So I think it's nice that we're each going to have one session per week where we're kind of putting an idea out there. My end with um, the blog and other things, RP in the future. And then with your side with the videos, it'll be interesting to see like, different dimensions to the same business here. Yeah, it's exciting. We even, uh, for the first time, started using, like, I got Google Business or whatever. So it's been cool to, like, set stuff up. We got, like, a real Notion page now. I, like, took all of my, and this is a big deal for me. I took all of my, I changed all of my uh, task group called Side Hustle. I took all of that and put it on, like, a, a joint task database with you. And for me, I don't know how sad it is that it sounds like that's a big deal to me. But for me, that was a big deal because I was like, I'm finally letting it not just be my own my own baby with no sort of allowing for, for delegation or uh, straight up collaboration. Yeah, whenever there's a an occasion for a big Notion update, 
Dimitri's going to get real excited. And I've been excited too. I'm getting a lot of things on my end, which is, um, it's been fun. It's been fun revamping things over this break. But Dimitri, how have you been since our last recording session on Christmas Day? Well, I saw you again, so obviously I'm doing great. <laughs> no, but it, it was, oh, oh. but it was cool. Like we, we hung out for New Year's, which was fun. Um, for Eve, I'm actually going to my, uh, yeah, yeah, because I'm Greek, my uh, grandma's place uh, later to celebrate like New Year's Day. It snowed a lot. So unfortunately, I had, to, I had to bug out of your place yesterday a little early, but there was like, a lot of good stuff. I don't know. I'm just so excited. I made a video about how like last year was probably the best year of my life. And I'm, I'm just like hoping people took some sort of inspiration from that. And, and that uh, I guess one, one thing for me personally was like, I, I really want to like keep up all the things I did before and try not to have there be much pressure about it. I, I had like this epiphany where the most, uh, I learned in the last year was or the biggest thing I learned last year was self-care actually leads to more productivity and more self-improvement. Uh, I, I, I kind of didn't think that was real and then I tried it and then I was more productive than ever. So upon that realization, I'm realizing I'm, I'm in a much better headspace than I was last year, which is like very good. Yeah, I definitely agree with that one. I think you said it really nicely um, on your, uh, I think it was your newsletter. It said it to um, find something you enjoy doing and productivity will come. And I think it's even more nuanced than that. It's just um, taking time for yourself and finding time to find enjoyment within yourself and the productivity will come. Cause that was a big thing for me last year was huge year, big year for running. It was a 4.0 year academically so, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the future. I'm looking forward to keeping the ball rolling and, um, seeing more greatness come, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's been a good week for me. Um, nice to be back in Chicago. One of my friends from home came up and I got to show him the city, explore myself a little bit as well. Um, and yeah, just, uh, just enjoying the snow, getting in some good training and, um, I'm headed out to Arizona here in, in a couple of days. So that'll be, uh, a nice reprieve from the snow as much as I am enjoying the, the first snowfall. This, this cold weather is a little miserable. Arizona to the snow or snow to the Arizona heat. That's, uh, I mean, not really heat, but like not cold is what I'd call it right now. That's, that's pretty dope. I've never been to Arizona or anything like that during the winter. I, for a couple of years, my family, we had gone to like Mexico over winter break once we'd gone to like Dominican once or twice. I, I, I miss that. I miss, I miss that. I haven't done that in a long time. And I tell you what, that's nice. Getting out of the cold. Hot darn. Oh, I, I gotta get you out to Arizona sometime. Oh, my dad is a, he's a G. He'll, he'll let you come out, crash on the, the extra bed. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I do work remote permanently now. Yeah, we'll, we'll get you out there sometime. Don't uh, you fret. We'll make, we'll make it happen. What's the temp like out there <laughs> right now? I think it's like 50s, 60s. So good running weather. That's perfect. That maybe I would actually convince myself to run. <laughs> That'd be a sight. That'd be a sight to be seen post, uh, <laughs> post, uh, retirement. And speaking of retirement, a lot of people think about their lives, you know, leading up to retirement. There's a lot of new stuff going on with like the fire movement, like, uh, uh, financially independent, retire early. You know, all these people got these side hustles going on and, and it's just it's just crazy to see how much of a of a hustle, uh, as Gary Vaynerchuk calls it, uh, it's 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 like hustle porn, like all that kind of stuff. Or I don't actually think he calls it. People call like what Gary V does hustle porn. Uh, mm -hmm. Just people are just so obsessed with hustle and getting a side hustle and and having these multiple streams of income. And we're gonna talk a little bit today about you know what what is the point and why the, whether you should have it. But before we do that, the quote of the week, the enthusiast quote of the week is, you don't need a plan for the next year. You need a commitment. And um, I put up this quote, so I'll, I'll dive into what I think it is. So Seth Godin's a big guy of like his books and his writing and his overall message is 
create all the time. Like may it's that Steven Pressfield war of art kind of mm-hmm. idea that like an artist really is the person who just makes stuff constantly. That's, that's like the true form of like being an artist or being a content creator. It, it doesn't really matter whether it's bad. It's just about like doing it consistently so you can get better. And I think this is a good message overall, but it's interesting to think about how this sort of coincides with for some people and goes against with what maybe people think they should be doing because there's just this huge trend now of just everyone should have a side hustle. Yeah, I definitely like this quote for a couple different reasons. I think one, it kind of calls me back to some James Clear atomic habits because when you think about this reminds me of uh, taking action versus being in motion as he talks about in the book where we love to get around to the new year or when we're on some kind of new venture and um, we love to make plans because that's super exciting to envision things five, 10 years down the line and it being all, you know, seamless and just beautiful, perfect destination or plan. But when it comes down to commitments, doing those things day to day, that's when we often miss the forest for the trees and um, we forget about actually taking action rather than just being in motion mentally and thinking about all these great things that could happen. So I definitely like it in that sense. Um, I think this also fits well when you're thinking about any kind of side hustle because um, as uh, Tim Ferriss might call it a dream line, like it does take commitment and just like getting it started. Everyone can think like, Ooh, I'd love to, you know, start that YouTube channel or whatever social media presence or any kind of side gig you want to do. But actually doing it on the day to day looks way different. I like this. Yeah, it's really true. Like uh, another Stephen Pressfield quote just left me, but it was, it was along the lines of when, when, when a, an amateur creates and works when they feel like it, a professional sits down and does the work every day, you know, like there's, there's like a distinct difference between a hobby and side hustle slash trying to make a business. Uh, if you are, you or I, were to talk to a lot of other podcasts. I actually don't know if you know this. There's like a stat on it. Um, how, what percentage of podcasts reach episode 10? It's like a very low number. Uh, I believe the median episode count for podcast episodes in 2018 and Pacific content showed that it was 14 episodes. Boom. So what's the point you're making here? So it's like, clearly, this is a commitment for the two of us. Mm, yeah, yeah. So like you individually and I individually and collectively have beaten the median count of how many episodes oh. like a podcast makes. <laughs> yeah. Many times yeah, over. No, I, I hear what you're saying now. I actually didn't under I, I didn't hear you. You kind of cut off for a second. So <laughs> you're saying the average podcast, they only make 14 episodes. That's that's truly sad. Yeah, I don't think it's more just, than like I think it's a very small percentage, like something like eighty percent of podcasts don't make it to like episode twenty or something. There's another I'm forgetting that number, but it's 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 I don't want to say it's sad, you know, like mm-hmm. it just it's interesting to think about. I mean, and that just speaks to the the cliche and that this does do a nice job of distinguishing a hobby from a side hustle because it that's just the cliche thing where it's like, oh, like you had a really good conversation with your friend and then someone's like, oh, we should start a podcast. Like we have really good chemistry or whatever. And like everyone just buys a mic and I mean, the way <laughs> the internet is, it's great because anyone can start a podcast, but it's also terrible because now there's a bunch of podcasts out there with only 14 episodes to them. And it's like, well, <laughs> this didn't last very long. And so I think that kind of speaks to how sitting down with your friends can be a great hobby, but are you willing to take it to the next level where this is something that you're doing day in, day out? You have responsibilities and expectations from the outside more than just like, yeah, I just like building sheds like in my backyard. Like that's my hobby. Like, no, now I'm monetizing. I like there are people relying on me to make homemade sheds. 
I don't know why I pick sheds. No, but I mean, it's it, it could be anything. I guess that's the point, right? So like the question of the podcast is, should everyone have a side hustle? And I, I, I would say I have a weird answer and it's like, yes and no. Uh, yes is this, like at minimum, your job should be, if you don't have a side hustle, your job should be making you a fair amount of money and you should have so much life intention that you're over the top aware of and happy with the job that you have or the life circumstance you're in. Because if you're not at least tackling your day job with the same level of like passion as like you or I have for like the side hustle, I don't know what the heck people are doing. Like just sounds, that just sounds very unfulfilling and, and miserable. Now, this was, that was like a middle-class America dig. That wasn't like a, I, I always got a hedge, right? Obviously, people who need to work jobs that they don't like that don't have the financial capability to do anything else, like totally get it. But mostly I I make random digs at middle or upper middle class America that like complain about their lives when they're in the top like 1% of income earners in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I hear what you're saying. And I think for me, this this whole question in the episode of this podcast, should everyone have a side hustle? kind of came about because I have a, a friend who just finished applying for med schools and it the way the med school works is like you ebb and flow with the amount of stress that you have on your table. And um, he was telling me one day that he had to sit down and write down his high five, his, his top five priorities essentially. And he then challenged himself to be able to check off or like erase one of the priorities. Like let's say things get busy, now make it four, now make it three. Now make it two. What's left? And there comes this point where you've put in so much stress and dedication to your career that you really don't have much else because you're so up to the neck and stress that you don't have time for other things. But when you eventually get back to some kind of ebb and you don't have all that stress, well, where do you, what bucket are you going to refill? And I'm noticing in my friend that he's just, um, he has this job that is working towards um, just adding another credential for medical school and a medical career. He's um, getting back into running, which is something that he kind of let go to the wayside during the application process. Yeah. And he really doesn't have much else. And um, he was kind of knocking on the whole productivity self-help shtick saying that, why would I try to make myself better at a job where I have no upward mobility? And I have no other interests. And I was like, that's a that's an interesting point. I, I was like, yeah. I guess you need to find a side hustle or a hobby. You need to you need to refill another bucket. You need to make that list back up to five again because you're back at a place where you're balanced. You just need to find a place to put your energy rather than coming home and watching Netflix. Yeah, I think it's hard. I think a lot of people don't know where to fill the bucket from. You know, I was there when he was talking about this uh, and I was just, I, I felt, you know, a little bit like, dang, this is where like, I, I think I like to talk about the whole macro micro thing and like macro intentionalism. I just think people are blissfully, and I was this way for a long time, former Warcraft addict. I, I, <laughs> I mean, like I was just blissfully unaware of what I actually liked. I was just blissfully unaware of that was not really what I was into. That was just what I was doing. And that's what I chose to put my time towards. And I think, you know, uh, learning from that experience was one of the best things for me because it was like, I managed to spend that much time a week on my phone and playing a video game. The world (laughs) is my oyster. Yeah, when you remove that bucket and say, I'm going to put this into something maybe a little bit better, something a little more worth my time. And it can be a hobby. It can be a side hustle. I'm not saying one is inherently better than the other, but um, yeah, when you are able to remove one of those buckets, check one of those five off the list and say that this could be replaced with something else. The world really is your oyster in terms of time. And I think it's interesting too. We were talking with him a little bit about the difference between like joy and short-term pleasure, right? Happiness. Happiness is like a weird catch-all term for a lot of things. Funny enough, I, I started reading the next day. I started reading Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. And mm-hmm. he ended up being for a monk for a couple of years. And he was really inspired by 
a monk who spoke at his school in um, the UK when he was in college and he ended up leaving his life there to become a monk at an ashram and then now he speaks to the public from that mindset because the, the the monks in the ashram actually are like you probably shouldn't be a monk not that like you you couldn't stay here and do it but you'd serve better sending this message to the world you do you're really outgoing all those kind of things like he had that like charismatic business mindset and it's like you shouldn't stay here and be a monk you probably will make a bigger impact if you talk to people and you know god bless the monks like jay shetty is one of the most influential authors of the last 10 years so like good on mm -hmm. them for telling him that um but what was interesting in the first chapter was his like initial argument for think like a monk is there are so many studies done on these on these guys that the they are when they they had like those um like fishnet hair uh, head like fishnet things where like they were measuring uh this activity in, in their brains monks are like mm -hmm. the happiest people on the planet so like when people ask questions of like well what's the point it's like well i mean even if you don't have another side hustle or something like spending time and just learning something like meditation would just literally make you happier are you not cool with that <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. And I, it's, it's, it's so funny because I was thinking about, um, my goals for this next year. And one of them is to be more mindful. I'm going to try to meditate for 365 days this year because this is something that's really stuck to me. Let's do it. I'm doing it too. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, it's just a, a habit that I've, I've picked up at, I've never been, I've never stuck to a habit as well as I have stuck to meditation probably in the past, probably most of my life. And, um, it's just something that, um, it's just funny because for a long time, I didn't have many interests. I wasn't sure exactly where I was going to fill my buckets. And I said, well, why don't I just do meditation and just sit here and think about what I want to get into. And it turns out that thinking about what I want to get into turned into the thing I wanted to get into. Because <laughs> I just, I just got really into meditation. <laughs> and now I'm just reading books about meditation and trying to up my practice. But yeah, um... Exactly. Even if you don't have this interest figured out, take some time to just do a little bit of self-care, something that's going to be a little intrinsically better and um, exciting for you. But I think one of the, the differences here, and we're getting back to this question of should everyone have a side hustle? I think everyone kind of has that cliche of, um, oh, like get a hobby. Like everyone should have some kind of hobby or something that they just enjoy doing. Um, but I, I want to ask you, Dimitri, if you think that with the, the extrinsic motivation that comes from a side hustle where you, at the, in a, a simplistic way, you're just taking a, a hobby and basically monetizing your stuff. You're saying like, I'm putting external motivations. I'm forcing myself to have a little more routine and make this almost more like a business than like a, just a, an interest, a thing you do on your free time. Do you think that helps people get into a better routine of doing that actual thing and making them a little more fulfilled? Or do you think that, I think there's a, there's a negative connotation with a side hustle is you're just doing it for the money. That's the only reason you're doing mm -hmm. it instead of maybe I'm just keeping it up for the money. If that, if that distinction is clear, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, let me ask you a question. Sure. You're not going to answer my question? I, I'm going to ask you a question with, I'm going to answer your question with a question because I'm, a, I'm oh, that guy. Okay. I'm that guy. Is it going out and jogging that makes you fulfilled? That's tough. I haven't been someone who has just been a jogger in a long time and I guess I won't be able to answer that for a couple more years. I do appreciate your, your Socratic method here. Yeah. You get asking me. Yeah. Asking my question with a question, though, because um, um, there is a lot of intrinsic enjoyment from running, and yet there's a lot of days where I wouldn't go out the door had I no external commitments to a team. Exactly. I think okay. So side hustle, like to actually answer your question, I think it's interesting that there are a lot of problems with the whole side hustle thing. What 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 the what the main issue is in my opinion, and we go back to this a lot, discipline equals freedom, but but also freedom that's not coming from discipline that, has gray, that I like to refer to as gray area leads to 
less happiness than, than the other side of things. Now, maybe I'm wrong, but I mean, we're talking about the people who just literally talked about monks whose middle name is discipline to do certain practices and they're, they're scientifically the happiest people who exist. Right. So it's hard for me to say something along the lines of no to answer your question. Like, it's hard for me to say no. I mean, like, it's why I don't know how I could say it's not like a, a good thing to put the structure in place and give yourself that level of fulfillment because otherwise it's just another Netflix. And that's that's maybe a hot take. That, that's a, maybe a little too brute force of a sentence. But it's like half Netflix-esque because you're just doing it for fun. And, 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 and my main thing is this. Why do we work? We work because there's like this weird innate thing in humans that we need to like produce and try to be fulfilled based on the actions we take. Right. So if, Mm -hmm. if the main thing that you're doing in work, isn't giving you that structure that then leads to happiness, then I do think you need to try to find a way to make your real job have that, or you need to start a side hustle that then can become your full-time thing because otherwise you're just going through the motions and you're not living with intention. And I think me saying that to people mildly brash is um it's less what's the word i'm looking for it's less uh, uh it's oh it's less predatory than what literally any media company does to you ever which is what well they're just sucking up your time to do mean, meaningless dopamine and stuff <laughs> and i'm trying to help you, you live with intention so don't take it as like I'm being a self-help dude. That's that's why when people get so mad on self-help and side hustle in general, I'm like, well, like learn some context and like don't don't assume it's all the same thing, you know? Right. Yeah, I do think just like a, a quick note on that last thing you said there. I think the whole the whole name of a side hustle is very Gary V esque, and I think it gets a bad rap for that because like the, the just the connotation of hustle seems very uh kind of scummy kind of um like quick turnaround like just like for profit type of thing but um i i like the way you frame it here you do kind of frame human nature as a little as a little bad a little poor because it seems that we're more happy when we're trying to fulfill some extrinsic motivation that is like money profit and we're doing these things like creating organization for the sake of that and um, it might be a little harsh to say that some kind of hobby. I'm imagining um, this summer I went to an art fair and I bought a, this mug. There was like this elementary school teacher who was making ha- homemade mugs. And she has this one of like a, a bunch of rats on it that I bought. I don't know if you've seen that mug, but um, she's made like a bunch of them with like different animals. And um, I think of that when I think of side hustle because it's like a yeah. true hobby that she just like decided to start selling these things. And um, if you start to think about um, a hobby, like you're just like adding it with money here. Um, God, I lost my point. What was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> God, what was the point I was making on this? I hate when that happens. God damn. You're good. I think here's the thing when somebody does something like that and they're so passionate about it, maybe it's just me being a little too much on the stoic Kool-Aid and the, the whole intentionalism Kool-Aid. But if you're not finding, if you're not finding that in your real job, why not? But also I will hedge and say, I don't think everyone can be entrepreneurs. I, I truly don't think that. But my point is why not try to like level up that skill enough to then Switch that to being what you do for somebody else as your job. No, and this is the point I was going to get at, is that everyone most likely has a hobby. And it might be a little harsh to say that that's like um, a Netflix equivalent, because I do see a little more intrinsic it's in like, between good the two. in that. Yeah, it's in between the two, but I see what you're saying, because when you do elevate it to a, a side hustle, it's your you're willing to share your creative or artistic skills with the world. You're willing to venture out and say like, I'm putting this into the public. This is not something that I'm just doing for myself anymore. Like watching a television show or something like that. This is something that 
I I'm using my creative skills and trying to make the world better. Like I, I pick up this mug every morning and I'm like, this is an incredible mug because it's got just like a bunch of little rats on it and it's yeah. so silly. But um, yeah, I definitely hear what you're saying there. And that, that kind of, that kind of t- tilts a scale towards, it seems like everyone might need a, a side hustle. Of course, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be an entrepreneur like you said, but um, even if it's just something like sharing a skill, putting something on Skillshare or I don't know, making YouTube videos of like fixing your car or selling some craft that you make. Yeah, I hear that. I, th- I think there's something inherently good about trying to do something where you feel something innately towards it. I was talking with my mom about this yesterday when I mentioned that you were maybe going to, you prob- you were going to start doing blog stuff and you were thinking about doing it for, for yourself. But then we had like this, this co epiphany that you should just like come on in and right. <laughs> And we were talking about like, oh, well, did you try to like coerce them? I'm like, I don't think so. I think we were, we were set on you doing your own thing for a while. But then like we just talked about it and I was like, well, I, I guess not. And you could always do whatever you want. Like I'm not, I don't own you. So, but that, but like <laughs> it definitely was interesting to me in my own self when we were talking about it. Like, do I hate writing? No. Do I like writing? It's, a bad, uh, it, it's, it's debatable. Like if you force right. me to for a job, I have to do a bunch of reports at work. Nobody types faster than me at work. Like I type almost hundred words per minute. So obviously I pump out <laughs> reports like crazy. Do I like it? No. Uh, do I like writing scripts? Almost. Almost is the answer to the question. Do I like <laughs> doing, learning new types of editing styles and making interesting new intro or is there interesting new sound design or interesting new transitions that fit our brand? Yeah, that's so dope. That's my favorite. That, that That's amazing. I like the way that my voice sounds when I do that weird podcast voice thing. That's fun to me. Writing intrinsically? No. I don't go like, oh, uh, like I maybe wanted to write a fantasy book when I was a kid, but I was a kid. And <laughs> there's just something about why not go towards the thing that you intrinsically want to do? Why would we settle for the thing that we don't like as much and instead spend multiple hours on Netflix tonight that doesn't really fill your bucket up nearly as much as doing something that you actually really thoroughly enjoy? Yeah, no, I hear that. And I'll actually push the envelope a little further on your um your whole writing example here because... I do intrinsically enjoy writing. I mean, that's that's why I'm a philosophy major and I'm going into law school or in a legal practice because it's writing heavy and I enjoy it. But even though I enjoy it and you can say that me wanting to start a blog on my own, we'll call that like the hobby is I just wanted to like do something on my own and just start writing. But you made a really good point to me when we had this co-epiphany, it was, um, you're not going to have that same audience and that same amount of expectations if you're doing it on your own because you're building from the ground up. You can build an audience and of course that will happen, but at Rise Productive, I already have this entire audience chance. So you might as well just speak to them and it'll create that level of expectation. And when you made that point to me, I remember that's when I had that moment where I was like, yeah, that, that makes a lot more sense. There's going to be a lot more structure because there is this extrinsic motivation on top of this intrinsic motivation and i think that that is a uh, the distinguishing characteristic between the 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 hobby and the side hustle is that you're just layering more and more motivation more and more structure onto this thing and i think a lot of people see the profit as like when you start making money out of something you're just gonna you're gonna lose the enjoyment but i think it's actually quite the opposite because you're able to get yourself excited about doing something and also get paid for what you like doing. It's just a matter of finding the thing you like doing first and then letting the money come. Whereas with many careers and jobs, people are searching for things in the the opposite way. They're, they're losing the answer, the means there. And that's like the whole minimalist stick with Ryan Nicodemus and Joshua Fields Milburn. Like, are we chasing it for the money? They were both corporate world people and they say to no end, like we hate that that was life before and we are so glad that's not the case now and i guess my thing is this you know me pretty well why do you think i'm i do this stuff what do you what do you think like gets me out of my 
bed in the morning? Like, why do you, why do you think I get up at four and do it? Like, do you think it's for the money? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I, I would, I would hope not because you could, you could be do other things that would get you the money a little bit quicker. Yeah. Like I do it because I had this and I talk about it in a video, but like Matt Diavella's day in the life minimalist video was the single best YouTube algorithm thing that's ever happened. If I could quantify it, like not for, for me personally, I can't quantify like someone could have saved their own life via watching a video. Like that's different. (laughs) Right. But for me, like that was the single biggest moment of my life for this whole turnaround. So I thought to myself a year and a half later, I was like, I have consumed so much of this stuff. I love making videos. Why don't I put the two together and try to make that impact on one person? And then I'm down the line and I have, I could name like a couple people that always comment. I know this, this guy I'm going to do a call with later that like, is always up in my DMS, like trying to like get advice from me. And I, I feel very, I, I don't know. I feel some kind of way. I'm like, hot damn. Like people ask me for advice on this stuff now when I was in their shoes and would have killed to have Matt Diavella talk to me. And I'm like, I don't even, I feel imposter syndrome. I feel like I shouldn't be in this way. Mm-hmm. And it's really, and you know, personally between us that it's really hard for me to like even start selling these, these dang notion templates. Cause I'm like, I don't deserve it. Like I'm not Matt Diavella. I'm not Francesco D'Alessio. I'm not. But then right. you realize like, okay, I do bring a lot of value and you got to like try to get rid of the imposter syndrome. But my whole point is, I really liked doing something. I had a passion for something. And then I wanted to put it together because I can't see with my entrepreneurial mindset where working for somebody even. So here's an example. I could be Matt Diavella's video editor and I would not be as fulfilled. Cause you're not doing your own thing. You're not putting your own content out there. Yeah. Like it's like some people though, I will say some people work hard enough, become Matt Diavella's editor. Like that's the whole distinction I'm trying to make. Like for me, it makes a lot of sense. Like, well, Dimitri, you could not have it be a side hustle. Like you could just make it your job. And that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Uh, Like don't waste the time on Netflix, (laughs) like spend the time creating and building on the passions that you have, because it's no secret the average American doesn't like their job. The average person doesn't like their job. Right. Uh, you, um, <laughs> I think um, this is a, a really off-tangent thing, but you reminded me of Nietzsche's will to power when you said that you don't want to be Matt Diavella's video editor because you rather put your own content out there. And when I'm trying to explain to people like this whole like Nietzsche will to power thing, everyone's like, oh, you just like, you're trying to like survive and like reproduce. Like it's all about like, just like, I don't know, in advancing your tribe or someone else's tribe. I'm like, no, it's not just that. <laughs> like, it's about putting your legacy and your influence out there. It's saying, no, I don't want to subscribe to, I mean, Nietzsche knocked on everything. He knocked on like Judaism, Christian, Christianity, like, I don't know, Buddhism. He didn't like people who followed the religion, but he really respects religious leaders because they're able to build an entire like a core part of civilization based on their influence and your willingness to just say like, I'm going to put my influence out there better than just make this like some kind of job for some other influencer. That, that That's really um the key to will to power. And I think um it also explains why a side hustle can be so much more motivating versus a hobby because you're actually changing people's lives with your impact. It doesn't have to be, you know, narcissistic in any kind of way. It's just like, you want to make the world better. Like you just want to help other people like as you were helped when you were playing world of Warcraft and, um, in a bit of a slump. But, um, a question I have for you is, um, obviously there's a, a large amount, a large amount of intrinsic motivation and it's, um, very hobby esque with the YouTube channel, but we know you like you like to check the YouTube analytics every now and then. You like oh, you yeah. like looking at the numbers, oh, and yeah. um, there's obviously like a level of um, extrinsic motivation from vanity metrics or money, whatever have you. Um, so when you were in your slump when we lived together, how did you get past this dip? Did you feel like this was an intrinsic motivation to keep making videos and up your game, or did you feel like 
did you like start to dreamline and think that, oh, like this really could become a career if I put my nose to the grindstone? I got back to basics. I asked myself, why am I doing it? Because I got too caught up in the metrics. Like I, I got way mm-hmm. too caught up in the metrics. I said to myself, like, I had this like crazy start and I thought to myself that like it was going to go really quick. And then like I had this like massive dip of uh, analytics and I was just like, what the heck is like, why am I so, why am I so negative about this right now? Like there's, there's just some weird negativity I'm having and it makes no sense. Like what is, what is the reason for it? Okay. Well, it's because I'm like too caught up in that when the whole time I just really wanted to do things like the whole time I just really wanted to do the thing and impact that one person. And I think it's like finding your why or whatever. Cause you know, YouTube is a very, it's an interesting game, right? We talk about um, game theory, right? With Simon Sinek a lot, short-term game mm-hmm. theory, you get to do the thing to like, to, to, to grow now. And it's funny. So when we talk about like growth on YouTube a lot with, uh, with some of my YouTube friends, um, actually, did you know, probably a quicker way for me to grow everything would be, um, just making bangers, just making absolute bangers, editing it for like 60 hours. Oh, just making like one video a week and just like putting all your effort yeah, into like it. Every two weeks. Yeah, like- yeah. Every one or two weeks and just making an absolute crazy good video. Cause like that with a good topic and like, it's much more likely to um, have explosive growth, which leads to quicker stuff. But I guess for mm-hmm. me, like i don't really care about how big it is i just want to be able to make like honestly full transparency i'm good with like making about six figures and it being my full-time job and i have a few people on staff and i'm very intentional with my life right i'm good with it so i know that one of the ways is very systematic and my approach is ridiculously systematic where it's based on organic growth and there's there's so much like fail safe in you always being in YouTube search and people always finding you, there's like a, it's just a mega fail safe, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd much rather go that route personally at the moment because I think about the long-term thing and I'm like, why don't people, I don't want people to get sick of my personality. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what happens with a lot of these people. Like they go for the bangers and then they, then they don't make bangers anymore. Be, right. And then they get sick of them. Because they're like, okay, so now you just make easy content because you don't have to grow anymore because you're eyeballs in front of people. And I'd rather go for like solid stuff all the time with a lot of information to give value. Because, and I do want to make the videos look better. Don't get me wrong. But like, I'm not going to make, I'm not going to make a Mr. B Squid Game video. <laughs> like, that's just what it is. I don't, I don't know who that is, but that, that, that's funny. Yeah, like I'm not going to make um and and I want to get to the point of being very filmmaking and whatever and that's not what I'm trying to say. I guess my point is I'm playing the long game and I'm like yeah. I'm not in if I was in it for the money, I would have used my digital marketing prowess to sell $999 YouTube courses cuz I know more about ads than all those fake gurus. Cuz I manage exactly. a lot more money than those guys claim to manage. So, yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I hear what you're saying. And I, I don't even think that, of course, you're not, you don't want to go down the fake guru route, but there's even a lot of good people on YouTube who just make videos very occasionally. And I think the point you're kind of making here is I have so much information. You have so much information that you want to put out there. So many things you have with um, Notion helping and like Todoist and even just like vlogs about your life that you think people will enjoy. You have so much content to put out there as why would you limit yourself just so that you can make this into a side hustle, make this into an income? Why don't you do it the right way by putting out the most genuine version of yourself who is someone who has a lot of things to say and a lot of content to put out there? So you're not going to play the one video every few weeks. You're going to do four videos a week and get people the most genuine version of yourself, but still do it at a high level. Yeah, I hear the balance you're striking there. That's nice. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. Um, I guess not getting too much in about me, like what, what, what I do will say about the whole thing is the whole time, like it is being done with the intention of I want to just impact some people, and 
I think, I think if you are feeling that fulfillment in your job, cool, cool, homie. But I, I, I sadly think the numbers don't agree with that regarding, um, how many people say <laughs> in polling, how much they like their life and job. Right. And I was actually going to say, um, what do you, do you think people who do find enjoyment in their career, if they have a, a source of income that brings them both enjoyment and, um, I don't know, like safety, like, um, financial, like security. Do you think that those people still need some kind of side hustle? I, I almost think you just need one as, um, a way to continue structuring your life and do something when you go home, like some kind of way to keep you sane. Like don't sit down and watch TV. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm always down with structure. I'm always down with intention. I don't even know if it's side mm-hmm. hustle, but like, like Seth Godin says, you don't need a plan. You need a commitment, like make life commitments, uh, commit to doing some sort of, uh, charity work, commit to doing some sort of daily practices that impact you so positively that you're a nicer person to others. Like, uh, your side hustle could be, I don't like saying this, but like, just be a stoicism nut or whatever. You know what I mean? Like just (laughs) find something that you're really passionate about that you get really into. That's not just watching shows. And I, I know we keep harping on this thing, but Right. Like uh, I love sitting down with my parents at the end of the night and like watching Curb Your Enthusiasm. But I had already done so much in the day. <laughs> like what you can't like as Cal Newport talks about, like I had already hit hit deep work by 10 a.m. So, yeah, no duh, I can sit down and watch shows for like 2 hours before I conk out. Right. Or maybe it's, hmm. Yeah, that's interesting because I, I, my take on TV is that it's something that's nice on occasions. It's not something that I would um like to do daily, even if I have yeah. hit my my deep work quota for the day, the, the the four hours of deep work that you can get according to to Cal. Um, but I guess I'm thinking of just something that would you would naturally gravitate towards doing instead. Like for me, like with um like meditation or doing like yoga. Um, it seems like these are really good hobbies, but not something that could turn into a side hustle. And as we've kind of established, if there's no extrinsic motivation there from like outside structure, responsibilities, expectations that a side hustle usually has, I'm just relying on my intrinsic motivation to be what fights off the temptation of watching more new girl or picking up a movie versus actually doing the thing that's going to make me better you know i'm such a self-help nut and do so much that maybe i don't know uh it's hard (laughs) you know like because i want to i want to advocate for that i really do and i think you know for me it's like uh um at the end of the night i do then go and read and meditate after that session with my family Mm mm-hmm so there's just like a small gap. I just I just don't want to advocate for no entertainment. Maybe that's just like my whole edge. Like if you Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. Because I minimize I, I minimize it so much during the day now. Yeah. You just need to be climbing some kind of ladder, whether it be in your career or on a side hustle. Like I I think that people are not gonna be too inclined as my my friend who is a the med school student, he he was saying that he's not inclined to do any of this self-help stuff because he's at a job where he knows he's not going to move up and he has no side hustle that he wants to better himself at. He's running a little bit, but he's not committed to racing or really improving himself in that manner either. And so you you get caught into this rut of just doing entertainment because you have no ladder to climb at the moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I think I think every single day... Uh, maybe I was just trying to reference myself too much, but like, here's an example, uh, with them, I think finding something that they're passionate about and then treating it like a hobby that then turns into a side hustle. I mean, that's totally good. I think I, going back to the Jay Shetty thing, like honestly, just everyone should try to do, ah, should, right? No, nobody's ever right. Mm-hmm. Everyone could. And it would, I would, I think it would be a good thing for everyone to try out something like journaling, something like meditation, something like, just like try to climb some ladder. And then um, 
you'll get there. I guess like an interesting thing about, we always talk about like you and I merging, right? So in life, it seems to me you went mindset and philosophy for organization. And then I went Mm -hmm. organization before mindset and philosophy. Right? Absolutely. Right? So like pick one, bro. (laughs) To whoever's listening, pick something. (laughs) Like I thought that if I just got my level of organization up to the point of where it's so systematic, I'm I'm Gucci. Mm-hmm. And that was really good for me and it did a lot. But then I like then leveled up again. You know, uh, Jocko Willink is a big advocate of just like always, always be trying to improve. He's that um, he's that really jacked uh, Marine, former Marine. Have you ever seen him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I have. Well, dude, uh, baller. Um, One of the many bald men of uh, the YouTube realm. Yeah, can we talk about that? Is, uh, is it like a request? Should, should I shave? Should we shave our heads? Oh, we could. I mean, that might up our game. Better ideas. <laughs> so many bold people in the self-help space. <laughs> Jesus. Were you going to finish your point there? Yeah, that or? was really weird. I did. I stopped at a weird time. Uh, yeah, like, my thing is, <laughs> he always advocates for improving. And find something. Just find something. And maybe, maybe now you're saying to yourself, well, what's the point? However, it feels good to do good. It feels good to do good for yourself and others. That's it. I agree with that. I I, I like the point that you made about um, how I had the philosophy thing figured out and how you had the, the systems figured out that that, that's another callback to um, atomic habits, the book that continues to age like a fine wine for me Mm. because um, in the book, James Clear is talking about, the three ways you're able to change your habits. And he says that you can change your goals, your systems, or your identity. And he really focuses on systems and identity. And I think that what you just said with the, the, the philosophy, the mindset, that seems to be identity. And with systems, it's just habits, routines. I mean, organizing your life down to a T. And I think, um, yeah, with some kind of hobby at the least, you're able to fix your your, your mindset hopefully change your identity into someone who's going to be more organized continue that that hobby that also made you the person who was more organized and then hopefully propel that into something like a side hustle but i do think that the from this conversation i think the side hustle is something that people are just more inclined to stick to just because as you kind of said earlier um people i mean i don't know social media influences are real and i think that not necessarily that people are bad, but um, if people don't have that kind of extrinsic responsibility thrusted onto them, they're not going to be nearly as inclined to continue doing these things. Just like um, you had the dip, obviously, during YouTube, and you obviously love what you're doing, but I think that when you read something like the 4-Hour Work Week and you think about dreamlining, dreamlining this YouTube channel, this business into something much more, I think that can also be something that gets you out of bed every day. And it doesn't have to be one or the other. Those certainly compound onto each other. But I do think that um, having the layering of motivations that a side hustle does is going to be something that keeps people into good routines of journaling and building themselves up with self-care routines. Like, I think for me, I didn't even realize the impact that like what I was telling you the other day, I, I think I kind of got it. But when you just said to me like 20 minutes ago, how you had that realization of that extrinsic motivation, you know, with like a platform, I guess I don't even realize the impact, right? Cause I've been living that impact for so long. Right. Like I finally got to the point where I realized like, you know, if I don't make a video or I don't record a podcast, some people would be like, yo homie, where, where does stuff at? And I don't really want to deal with that ever. Mm-hmm. So, I guess I didn't really realize what that means to somebody even on the outside looking in. Cause like, um, there's no flex here. Like it's just, it's just a feeling that I get that I didn't realize was there. Like I, right. Cause it's, you just do it for so long. <laughs> You're also a month ahead all the time. So, Oh, homie. I, you, oh yeah. No. What am I missing? That pressure is off your back. No, no. You know, you want to hear something toxic? Sure. I came back after my week off and I'm like, I'm only three weeks ahead. 
No. It's so toxic, bro. Did you get back up to a month? Not yet. I will. Um, but you know, <laughs> like, it, it, I think that's really good that you, you and I had that sort of discussion because it probably, it, it opened my eyes to some of my own feelings about things. And it was a little inspirational too. Because you know, you know, it's going to be crazy because if this, when this does become a business, what's more motivating than needing to help people keep food on their table? Exactly. Making sure that the team, the entire team is, um, is doing well. Yeah. Not just you and me. Yeah. Like that, that, that's motivational. Like, oh God, I got to worry about other people's families now. Oh Jesus. <laughs> like, I mean, and I'm saying it like that, but <laughs> there, there's no bigger thing than like, I'm sure. I mean, Ali Abdul talks about it. He's like, now I got to think about a whole team and that, that motivates me to, to keep making stuff. And, and he's, there's a lot of pressure there. I'm sure. But, mm-hmm. you know, well, we, we, I still have yet to, and I think you will probably have a hard time with this when you get out of college. I have yet to find a pressure bigger than, um, like the biggest meets I've ever been to. Yeah. I've never been no, more nervous that. in my life. And it's because you have that, that team counting on you, I assume is what you're saying. 100%, but I don't even feel that at work. Yeah, of course. And it's just, it's just different. The stakes aren't as high. Um, I mean, I guess your work, I imagine that if you don't do your job, the, the company isn't just going to go under. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we should talk about that in the future because I think the, the impact of having your village, having your support team that is literally counting on you to, to do well or we all fail is incredibly stressful and yet so helpful towards productivity and just feeling fulfilled because when you have the camaraderie of other people you're um you're gonna perform at a, a different level but an incredibly higher level we should uh we gotta capture that second brain that because that is um definitely something that doesn't get spoken for enough and um i have noticed that with a lot of friends who i've found that graduate is especially the ones who competed at the division one level is um they um they're having a hard time finding that that pressure as you say that camaraderie that somebody who's counting on them that interdependence of a team and um i just don't think you find that in the workplace often enough unless you are in some kind of startup situation yeah 100 percent. then one other thing uh uh we another second brain thing i captured we got to read we should just read think like a monk Oh, you, I, you know I'm down for that. I actually just bought another book from um, the Vietnamese monk. I forget his name, but he's um, quite well published. It's a, like a little intro into Vietnamese Buddhism meditation. Oh, okay. And um, I'm pretty excited to reading that. So we, we can we can add that book, Think Like a Monk. Yeah. yeah I, I see no problem with us thinking like monks. I think we do an okay job yeah. of thinking like men, but let's think like monks. I agree. There's also that um that happiness book that I read from a, a different monk. I'm not going to be able to recall his name, but um he he wrote a book on happiness, which I think is a, a little bit of what we talked about in this conversation. And I think it sets a good distinction between, possibly sets a distinction between a side hustle and a hobby, whereas one is creating a level of joy that can spike up and down, and then there's genuine fulfillment, which is everlasting everlasting fulfillment brother one last thing on um mindset slash like identity i truly think i mean i talk about how i always feel like i'm a productivity enthusiast now Mm -hmm. but uh listening to the daily stoic every day and thinking of myself as a stoicism enthusiast i'm not sure many other thing many other lines of thinking really get you to just try to always do your best slash always produce because you reflect upon death like all the time in this practice and you're like yeah i could be dead i gotta do something oh absolutely and i find i find it incredibly hard to stay motivated over breaks when it comes to to running i always get out the door i do the thing but um i always have the flinch just knocking at my door that that hesitancy to not do it and when i started listening to the daily stoic while i was home and it was just like seneca telling me to embrace the hurt and enjoy 
the challenge that's coming ahead of you. I, I saw the world in a different way. I truly did. Thanks, Ryan. Much appreciated. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Seneca, Marcus Aurelius. Marcus Aurelius, Ryan Holiday. And <laughs> with that being said, I think I think we uh, we talked about the topic for a good time. Any uh, final thoughts on that one? No major final thoughts. Um, I think we kind of said what need to be said. I definitely get some, as I do with every episode, I get some mental clarity for myself. Um, why I'm here, why I'm doing these uh, these things, including the side hustle, which I'm quite excited about feeling it intrinsically and extrinsically motivated. Those things are just compounding on top of each other. And I'm excited to write the blog, keep up the podcast and uh, keep growing this channel to help people live more intentional lives. Yes, sir. Any final thoughts from you? Um, nothing besides the fact that as the CEO, that was funny, as the CEO, that was, there, was, there was nothing more exciting to hear than, than that last sentence from you. So um, with that being said, we will... Uh, this was le- episode 79 of the Rise Productive Podcast, and we will see you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye.